Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. You know, Christmas is here, 2022, but you're here too. And perhaps even coming into this season, you are feeling a little bit tired, knowing that you kind of have to get ready for all of it. But what does it really mean, anyway, to get ready for Christmas? This time of year, we hear people ask us that in places we go to out and about. Hey, you ready for Christmas? And like, we shrug it off like, oh, I don't know. I guess not really. Lots of stuff still to do. But, you know, seriously, internally, what does that mean to be ready for Christmas. Let's think about it in terms like this. If we had a a guest that was coming to stay in our home, we might want to be fully ready for them to be with us. Like, for instance, maybe we'd prepare their room. We'd make the bed. We'd vacuum. We'd dust. We'd empty the trash can. We'd get rid of the clutter. Maybe we'd do something to make the room smell good or feel good. We might even go shopping for groceries and do some meal planning so that we'd be ready when they arrived at our homes. We love it when other people do the same things for us, don't we? Perhaps you'll be staying with family or friends during some holiday travels this year. And if you are, maybe you feel especially welcomed in a room like this one up here on the screens. Uh, kind of cozy, right? Shows that your guests were ready for you to be there. Or perhaps even this second room here. Well, that shows some attention to detail and maybe people that were ready for your arrival. For years, we'd arrived for Christmas as a family here in Warsaw before we moved here. And my mother-in-law, Sue, would do these amazing attention to detail things to get ready for us to be here. In the refrigerator would be Sprecher's root beer. In the pantry would be Fiddle Faddle, you know, like Cracker Jack on steroids. And there'd also be E.L. Fudge cookies in the drawer. Why? Because she knows the things that I like and she would get put attention to detail because she knew guests were coming. She wanted to be ready. But what if you arrived at your host's home, and in your guest room, the bed wasn't made, it still had dirty sheets on it, trash was overflowing in the trash cans, and it was really stinky, the sink in the bathroom was clogged, and stagnant water was sitting in it, the toilet hadn't been flushed, the shower was filled with towels that still needed to go to the laundry, no plans for meals had been made, as far as you know, you might not feel as welcomed in that kind of environment, would you? Or especially if your room looked like this. Would you feel very welcome if you arrived up to somebody's house and like, hey, here's your room? You might be like, you did know we were coming, right? And they'd say, oh, yeah, we've been looking forward to this for months. And you'd be like, really? Really? Well, the Christmas carol that we sang earlier this morning says, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Say this next line with me if you know it. Let every heart, say it with me, let every heart Prepare him room. So that's the the theme we've chosen this year for our message series leading up to Christmas and these weeks that, uh, that come up till Christmas Day. How can we prepare our hearts to be forever homes for Jesus? Before the very first Christmas, God said it would be vital for hearts to be prepared to receive Jesus. And in Isaiah chapter 40, if you want to open your Bible to Isaiah 40, we're going to be looking at that this morning if you want to use an app on your phone. 
In Isaiah 40, there's a prophecy about what it's going to look like when people truly pay attention to details for getting ready for Jesus to live in their hearts. In other words, what would it look like for a person to be ready to make their heart a forever home for Jesus? Listen to these words here in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. It says, a voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, those words there give us some key instructions about heart readiness for what it would look like to make our hearts a forever home for Jesus. Let me give you a few things about heart readiness instructions, I guess that is, from this passage here this morning. For one, heart preparations, this passage tells us, they're going to have to begin with reality. Heart preparations have to begin right where we are. And and what we just read, it said there's going to be a voice of one calling us to be ready. We just recently finished a, a message series that we called The Voice, and we learned the different ways that God speaks to us, and we learned some ways that he talked to people in the Old Testament, and one of them was through prophets, human beings that would speak the words of God on God's behalf. That's an indication of what's going on here. We also have God speaking to us through the Bible because these words got recorded for all time. So when we read them out loud, just as we did this morning, we hear the voice of God calling out to us because it's recorded for us right there in the Bible. But did you catch anybody, before I show you the next slide, did you catch where the voice would be heard? Anybody? That's right, in the wilderness. Pop up the the scripture here again so we can look just at that verse. Prepare, here's where the voice is calling out. And it's saying, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. The voice gets heard. The voice calls to us to make preparations for Jesus to be our forever homes in in the wilderness or, or in the desert. The ancient Israelites were certainly familiar with what the desert was and what desert life was like. I mean, their, their nation was kind of surrounded by desert, bordered on two sides at least anyway. The desert can be a barren and terrifying place. It's not easy for people to live there and make that their habitat. It's a dry place, of course, where water is rarely found. People grow thirsty. It's a lonely place marked by solitude because there are not many other people living there. It can be a threatening place for existence, even frightening. And quite often the word desert in the Bible is simply used, not, it's not used just to refer to a geographic location, but also to an aspect of the desert itself and its effect on human life. It's a metaphor of what you will, of kind of a, a barren way of living. There are times in life, aren't there, that, that we feel like we're in the desert, or in the wilderness, dry and barren. And I don't want you to miss here this morning as we, as we enter this Christmas season that that's where the voice of God calls out to us to prepare our hearts to be forever homes for Jesus, right where we are in the reality of where we are. In the, in the desert places, in the barren places, in the, in the wilderness places of our lives. You may feel today like maybe you're in the desert. 
Maybe the, the desert of your life right now feels like a, a spiritually barren wasteland. Maybe you come here this morning, come into this Christmas season with a soul that's dry and parched. It may be that you really, ha- I mean, if we're honest this morning, you have not really been connecting with God in prayer. Maybe it's been a long time since you've opened the scriptures and just been fed. Or maybe when you've tried to pray or tried to read scripture, it feels like you're misfiring, not making a connection with God. Uh, In this coming year, we're already making preparations to do like a church-wide through the Bible reading plan, which is going to be really cool. But for the moment, maybe where you sit today, you feel kind of dry, barren, parched, like you're in a wilderness or desert season. Maybe some of you feel like you're in the desert of aloneness. Like you're just kind of out there all alone and just doing life and it doesn't feel like you have a lot of community around you. Maybe your desert place today just is, maybe it feels like a place of desolation because of maybe some bad choices, some wayward living, some, some sin that's left you where you are now and you're living in the repercussions of those things. And maybe you kind of feel as a result of that kind of lifeless or numb, maybe like you're in the desert or some of you, sadly, maybe the, the very place where you live, like your day-in, day-out environment, maybe feels like a desert. Could be that the people around you are not Jesus followers, and it just feels like a barren wasteland of spiritual wholeness, and you're kind of in there all alone. Or maybe it feels that way for some of you students when you get up to go to school, like, wow, this is a desert, and here I am trying to be a light for Christ. Or some of you feel that way when you, when you head off to work. Like, I, I'm just kind of in the desert here. This is a parched place. No matter where you are, the voice is calling out, though. The voice calls out to all of us, like, right where we are. Prepare the way. Prepare your heart to be a forever home for Jesus. The voice calls out to us right now to the place maybe where it's dry. Or maybe where we're tired, maybe where there's little sign of any kind of life, maybe where we feel abandoned or where we feel distant or where we feel lost or discouraged or confused, maybe where we've secluded ourselves, maybe where we feel like we're withering away and the voice calls out to us and just says, hey, you, you, like right where you are, can I, can I get your attention? May turn your face to look me right in the eye. I'm talking to you. Prepare your heart to be a forever home for Jesus. Like right where you are in the midst of, so maybe that voice surprises us, maybe it scares us, maybe it startles us with the sound of something calling out to us, but the voice is meant to remind us of Jesus's unfailing love. He wants to take up residence in our lives where our hearts are going to be his forever home. Now the path itself is one that's to be made for the Lord to come to us. Not for us to go to him. You don't have to create a path of your own doing to get to him. The path needs to be leveled for him to come to you and to me so that he can provide the healing, the hope, the rescue, the the nourishment, the time of refreshing in the desert. Right into your reality. So what's your reality today? What's your reality? What's life look like for you? Jesus wants to come right into that. Right where you personally are right now. And take up residence in your heart to be his forever home. 
maybe to a degree greater than you've ever allowed him to do that if you previously have opened your heart wide to him or maybe this is a first time kind of thing for you but no matter where your reality is in this moment the voice is calling out to you let's prepare a place in our hearts for Jesus to take up forever residence But maybe that brings to mind that there are some obstacles then that need to be removed for that to happen. What would need to be shoved out of the way? What would need to change? And that's where this fourth verse of Isaiah 40 gets kind of interesting when it says, every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain so that there can be a highway, if you will, in the, in the desert or in the wilderness, a direct line of access for Christ to come to us and take up residence in our hearts. So this, this second piece of instruction here, where you got valleys being lifted up and, and mountains being pushed down and rough places being made plain, all of it speaks of movement. It, it speaks of change. It speaks of things shifting, really, in us so that there will be a way for Jesus to come and have a forever home in our hearts. And what this suggests, friends, is this. Heart preparations have to include repentance. Heart preparations for Jesus have to include repentance. And in the New Testament, there's this guy by the name of John the Baptist who becomes the voice that the book of Isaiah in chapter 40 was talking about who prepared the way for Jesus. And before John the Baptist was born, there was an angel who predicted this about John the Baptist. Luke chapter 1 says this, He, John the Baptist, will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him, he'll go before the Messiah, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. And the Gospel of Matthew goes on and continues with that. Matthew chapter 3, it says, in those days, here's his name, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent. Just the physical wilderness of Judea and the spiritual wilderness of Judea, walking right into it, repent, change, move, shift, because the kingdom of heaven has come near For he's the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah who said, John the Baptist is this person that Isaiah talked about, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. So heart preparations have an awful lot to do with repentance. And simply put, to repent just means to change. It means to turn around from sinful ways, sinful habits, sinful practices, to leave them behind for good, like to repent, to to throw these things off, to shed them, to get rid of them, to get rid of maybe our hypocrisy or falsehood that's in us or any disregard that we've previously had for God's rules in our lives. It means maybe to drop the grudge that we've held against somebody for quite some some time. It means maybe to, to stop believing lies about ourselves that are coming from, from Satan into our minds. But it means to move, to shift, to change. Every valley needs to get raised up and every mountain needs to get shoved down and the rough places made plain. Let's repent of those things in our hearts so that there's this wide open pathway that we have 
created with our repentance to allow Jesus to come to us so that there can be lasting change. Until we sorrowfully repent of sinful habits, we're really not ready for Jesus to take up residence in our hearts. Take a look at this picture up here again on the screen. Imagine that's a picture of your heart ravaged by some sinful choices that you've made. Maybe that's a picture of your your heart right now, result of wrong decisions. And without repentance, and we want to invite Jesus into our lives, knowing that this is the reality of our hearts, it would kind of be like saying, hey, Jesus, I know my heart is a wasteland, but I'm not interested in anything changing in order for you to take up residence here. I'd rather keep doing the things that make my heart look like this. So that, that's what refusing to repent looks like. Like, yeah, I, I know my heart is a junk field, but uh, I'm not really interested in changing the things going on in my life for it to look any different. Or, or maybe you today are, are far less arrogant than saying something like that. Maybe you just look at Jesus and you're like, Jesus, this is my heart. Why in the world would you ever want to live there? It's a mess. And I did that. I know I did. Why would you ever want to live there? And Jesus, I don't know how to clean it up. The truth is, not a, not a one of us know how to clean that up. The truth is, not a one of us can. Only Jesus can clean up that mess caused by our sin. But what repentance does is repentance says, Jesus, I'm wide open to you coming in and changing that. Lack of repentance says, no, the things that caused that, I don't want to give up. I, in fact, I'm going to continue to make my heart a messier and messier place. That's what lack of repentance looks like. But true repentance is heartbroken and says, yeah, that's a broken heart ravaged by sin. I don't, Jesus, I don't even know if you can live in a place like that. And Jesus says, why don't we just start with you saying, okay, I'm going to give up the stuff that got me here and I'm going to invite you to come in. And boy, we just hope beyond hope at that moment that Jesus can begin to do some repair work. Repentance, a willingness to change, a turning away from the things that made, in the first, that, we, that made the heart look like that in the first place. Friends, that's how we prepare in room. That's how this works. It's through Repentance. Which leads to one final thought here this morning about heart preparations for Jesus. And that is that heart preparations can actually begin right now. At Christmas, this is the time of year that we take special attention uh, and we place it on remembering that Jesus left heaven to come to earth, be born as a human baby, so that he could go to the cross and die for our sins and save us. And it's necessary for us then to prepare a room in our hearts for him to come live forever. This is a time of year we remember those things. And it's an awesome time to ensure that we've made those preparations for him to have that forever home in our hearts. But you know what's unfortunate? What's unfortunate is that many of us spend a disproportionate amount of time getting our homes ready for Christmas celebrations 
than what we do to get our hearts ready for Jesus to live there forever. I'm just going to speak some truth here. I mean, if you just want to go minute by minute, the, the preparations some of us have already made when it's come to putting up lights on our homes, maybe the day after Thanksgiving, getting the tree up, putting decorations out. Some of you I know start that the day after Easter, but whatever. Um, but some of us more realistically begin like right after Thanksgiving, putting stuff up. So just think about the minutes maybe you've already put into decorating, planning, travel arranging, talking to relatives about how this is all going to work out this year. How are we going to afford this gift or that? Some kids in here, you've already made out a gift list. Some adults in here, we've already made out gift lists, haven't we? I mean, just minute by minute, think of the the time that we've put into to quote unquote, get ready for Christmas. But it's been a lot of external stuff. Maybe it's been a very disproportionate amount of time to what we put into making sure our hearts were ready to be Jesus forever home. It almost makes me think of something that Jesus said to the Pharisees one time. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. And it makes me wonder sometimes if Jesus would come to our houses I know he's gentle and kind, but would he maybe pull us aside and be like, wow, Matthew, um, the house looks awesome. Great job on the the distance you got on those light strands going up the the pillars in front of your house. That's pretty, pretty amazing. But let's talk about your heart. You know, I, I came here to earth so that I could take up residence in your heart forever. And out of that, the world would change because you'd be on mission with me and the rest of my people doing kingdom kind of things. And man, the house looks awesome, but how's your heart doing? Have you, have you fully allowed me to take up residence there? Let's maybe talk about some of the things you're, you're still wanting to repent of, but maybe you think it's too scary or hard. We don't want to look great on the outside, but dumpy on the inside. Hannah Bingaman shared something about this very thing at one of our worship planning meetings when we were talking about our our Christmas series several months ago, and we were talking about this theme of prepare him room. And after she shared it, I asked her to write it down because it was so good. I couldn't remember all that she said, so I'm just going to read to you what she graciously, after the fact, wrote down that she said at our meeting that night. She said, I've had for many years where this is my MO. I would enter into the month of December with the goal of slowing down and really focusing on and pondering Jesus' birth and all the aspects of the Christmas story. I'd walk into our church on Sunday mornings literally praying that I'd be able to focus. But sure enough, my mind would wander into the abyss of pleasing family, how financially stressful it was to buy Christmas gifts for everyone, making mental to-do lists. Oftentimes, it would be the Christmas Eve candlelight service, where things finally came to a head. I would shut my mind off to all outside things and really pour my heart into worshiping the Lord and absorbing the magnitude of what this little baby's birth did to change my life. But Hannah said, this year, I don't want to wait until Christmas Eve for that to happen. So what if today, what if today, December 4th, here as this season is beginning, what if we truly paused to make sure that we had prepared our hearts for Jesus to have a forever home. 
That might look a little different for each one of us, but the, the crux of it is really repentance. It's change. It's about valleys being raised up and mountains being pushed down and rough places being made plain or smooth. And it's about us ridding ourselves of the sinful practices we've been holding on to, the wayward things that we keep finding ourselves delving into, the disobedient things that we tend to walk into away from God. It's about putting those things aside, saying no to the lies, yes to Jesus, and allowing Jesus by his spirit to come in and invade every aspect of our lives all the time. So I, I thought as a, as a point of meditation, just for a scripture this morning, that we'd try Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And go ahead and put those up here on the screen for us, if you would, please. Um, I pulled this out of the Living Bible because I, I like what it says here. And I think this might be a good meditation thought for us this morning. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything in me that makes you sad. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you some time here. And and Kevin, you're going to come up and lead our, our final song. So whenever you feel like we've had enough time, why don't you just come up here. But let's just let some silence hang over this place. And really delve into that. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test my thoughts right now. What's really going on? Come into the reality of where I am right now. Come into the wilderness, the desert of where I am, and point out anything in me that makes you sad. Where's a rough place that needs to be made smooth? Where's a valley that needs to be raised up? Where's a mountain that needs to get shoved down? What's making you sad right now that's going on inside me? And then lead me along the path of everlasting life so that my heart really will be a forever home for Jesus. So this is your time here. Why don't you just use that as a meditation thought, and then we'll, we'll sing to close out. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.